Hello, hello, hello. Why? I don't know. Sometimes I just don't know how to start podcasts, and that's how I decided to start it. Hey, the phone's ringing. It's a rotary phone in my grandma's basement. That's where you can leave us messages here on the podcast. Always leave a voicemail. Although I don't think they knew what voicemail was when rotary phones were around, but let's check that voicemail. Hey, Rob. What's the most embarrassing thing about being in an office conga line? Realizing that you're the only person doing it. (laughs) Not anymore, because I would totally join in on that office conga line. Oh, man, I love office conga lines. Any kind of conga line, really. Just when somebody puts their hands up on my hip. I know to put a couple of lays around my neck and... Come on, everybody, come and do that conga! You know what I'm saying. Welcome to the show. If you ever want to leave a voicemail, that was uh, my friend Phil. Phil, thank you for the voicemail. Thanks for filling us in. (laughs) Oh, no. Maybe I should have him on the podcast. Filling us in with Phil. He actually spells his name F-I-L-L. That's not true at all, and I've made that joke way too many times. Not on the podcast, but just to him. He's probably sick of hearing it. If you're listening to this, Phil, I sincerely apologize. But if you do want to leave me a voicemail, 814-799-0064. Did I catch a niner in there? 0064. You can leave me a voicemail. It's a wonderful occasion. Thank you so much for being here. This is uh, quickly turning into my favorite podcast because I love having Pastor Keith in the Community Worship Center. That's where I go to church. Uh, it's in Tyrone, Pennsylvania. Pastor Keith Deal. What's the deal, Pastor Keith? You know what I'm saying? Pastor Keith Deal's a great guy. Not only is he in tune with the Lord, as he's already taught me a lot in the short few months that we've known each other. But he's great in front of a microphone, great on stage, and it's nice to have somebody with that sort of presence on the show. The problem is, he gets in here to do the podcast, and we end up talking for 45 minutes before we ever record anything. And I'm asking him questions that I was going to ask on the podcast, and I'm like, wait a minute, Pastor Keith, we got to stop, because I've already like gone over a lot of the content I wanted to go over, <laughs> so we better just like start rolling. So uh, I'm just going to jump right into our conversation And then the podcast will begin as our conversation is happening because we were already deep into things. And where I jump in at this point, he was talking about the difference between happiness and joy. And I loved what he had to say about that. So I decided that's a perfect place to start things. Let's get into it. Happy is a a state of mind, Mm -hmm. but joy comes from the Lord, which would be a state of the spirit. And so, you know, to be able to be joyful in the midst of sorrow is a is a, a gift of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you ain't gonna do that on your own. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's the one of the things that I've I keep realizing. Like, I'm not. I mean, anytime I try to do anything on my own, it doesn't quite work the way I want it to. Sure. But if I just kind of let things, and I'm I'm very much at the beginning stages of this, but just kind of letting things be and letting them happen the way they're supposed to happen and quit trying to force my hand on everything and constantly worrying or being concerned about or stressing about a situation, if I just kind of let it work its way out, I'm not saying that you don't have input, but your input is more faith-based sure. than direction, me making it happen kind of based. It kind of just it falls in. And I've, I've heard that for so, such a long time. And it's starting to finally click where it's like, yeah, things just start to fall into place. They start to make sense and they start to work themselves out. Yeah, it's, you know, when life, when you're talking about 
<clears throat> we, we try to push things mm-hmm. and, and not that push can't create, um, create things to happen. Cause it can, yeah. I mean, I can push things and make them happen. But, but when, when the, you know, when God is able to pull and release you, man, it goes a whole lot more, str- you know, a whole lot better. And it's a, it's a more, um, it's just stronger than, than what you can do. Um, in your own strength. So when you push, you can make things happen. But if you allow God to pull and release you, man, you're going to see it go a whole lot better uh, for us, for sure. There's no doubt. Yeah. Whenever I, you know, just with my business, I keep stressing about getting more clients and I keep like wondering how I'm going to do it. What am I going to do to like draw somebody in? Right. And lately I've been kind of just doing what I feel is the right thing to do with my life, spending time with my family, you know, reading the Bible, concentrating on making myself a better person, being nicer to people, making, trying to make better connections and not as much worrying about going out and selling and convincing people this is what they need to do. And the more I've been doing that, the more things have just been coming to me naturally. And I, I, and that's just over the past, I don't know, two, two and a half months. I've just, I've met people. They've come into my life. I've met, I've stumbled into situations that are great opportunities, and some of it's from going to church too, and just meeting because you just meet like-minded people sure. who understand how that process works, I guess, and that kind of helps it form. But I've just noticed the less I've been trying, and the more I've just been putting faith into it and praying on it, things just seem to happen. Yeah, and uh, that's that's what I've been hearing about forever. Yeah, but it's it's hard to convince yourself to just let it go and just let things happen the way they're supposed to oh that, that's that's tough that's tough but i tell you what, what's kind of cool with what, what scripture came to my heart was you know god takes us from faith to faith and, and that's exactly what he's doing in your life is taking you from faith to faith to increase your faith so you can believe god for even more for whatever god has intended for you to go your you know your purpose and your full calling that god's calling called you to um you know he's creating faith in you because it, it, you're gonna need it <laughs> right <laughs> you know what i mean yeah uh, same with my life you know god had to, to to do slow increments to work me up to the place to where now man i i can i can trust god for for basically almost anything that that i feel like you know he's telling me i can say hey man i can let this thing go and and let god not that i don't sometimes stumble back into that old mindset of here i gotta make this happen i gotta sell it i gotta you know uh create better pr and and all that stuff because you know and and i'm not saying pr is a bad thing i think we should utilize every resource that's available to us Mm -hmm. um however knowing that the that the end result comes from god whatever growth because scripture says this that one plants one waters but god produces the growth so yeah. that means we can't produce growth on our own it's right. him that has to do it so why not just trust him that he's going to do it instead of us wearing ourselves out in the journey you know because yeah. we're just beating ourselves up working 70 hours a week or whatever yeah. trying to push something to get done and here we are beat down at the end and god said well it would have got here you know in my timing and you'd be refreshed and feel good right. instead of beat up and and you know what i mean so yeah but that's the i think that's the the because the god Christian doesn't walk. run he doesn't run on our clock no he's not he's not in our time like no <laughs> it doesn't matter to him what month it is or what year it is it's not that's not our, that's something we made up it's like, true it's just an eternal time's just kind of eternal and it's just happening yeah i mean it's, scripture even speaks to that it, it literally says that a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day to god Wow. So it doesn't make so time means absolutely just doesn't, nothing. Yeah, it's completely it's just, irrelevant. Because and this is this is like science that whatever is happening probably has already happened 
like well, I made that sound stupid. How does that work? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> hold on, before hold that thought. We got to start the show. Yes, I have an intro now that I play at the beginning. Nice. Isn't this amazing? This is Rob Me Radio. Huh? I love it. That was pretty sweet. That is sweet. I usually do that in post after we're done. No, oh, we can just I'm do it digging right. it. So like half that conversation, you know, will be before the podcast. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> so what I was saying was like, uh, you know, when they look at universes like billions of light years away or whatever, we're looking at something that's already happened. Like that universe is already burnt out and the light's just now reaching us. Gotcha. So it's already been, whatever happened those millions of billions of light years away has already happened. And that's God's universe. Like it's like he created it. How do you, how do you vision that? What, yeah. When you come to that place, he created all of it, like the entire universe, everything. So yeah, that thing that's billions of light years away, he did that and that's already happened. Yet we're just now seeing it. So in theory, us here, somebody seeing us millions of light years away, we've already happened. They're just seeing the end seeing of the it. End of it. That, that's a, yep. That's pretty deep. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I'm trying to, how do I circle back around <laughs> from there? But I guess the point is, like, when it comes, you're talking about time, and you're talking yeah. about God, and like, etern- like, time doesn't mean anything because it's just eternal. Yeah. He's, ar- he's in control of all, he- he's seen it all. Like, yes. he already knows. There's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, so it's already been, you know, done and, and God's already figured it all out. So. so what's new with you? Oh, man. <laughs> Pastor yeah. Keith Dio in the house. Oh, well, thanks for having me today, Rob. Second Appreciate time it. on the podcast. Love to have you in here because uh, these are some of my favorite conversations because they blow my mind and yeah, I get to figure some things out along the way. Well, I hope so. We, need to, sure. we need to name these something like, what's the deal? What's with- the deal? <laughs> Yeah, your last name just it lends a, a little guide to a great name for a podcast. Well, I tell you, they they used to use my last name quite a bit on on like in the sports. You know, like when we would play something, I'd be like, "Hey, deal dealt another losing hand." Right. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever. But yeah, whatever you want to name it, I'm good. I, I will surrender to your expertise. Oh, jeez, thank you. That was that's quite an honor. My goodness, <laughs> I, we talked for maybe like. 30 minutes before we started. So I, I wish that we can, we can circle back to some of that stuff that, uh, sure. that we were talking about. Cool. Um, but just tell us what's going on in your life, what's going on with the Community Worship Center in Tyrone and uh, where you're at right now. Yeah, well, we're, we're just finished up the, the addition there, uh, the expansion. So we had to build out, uh, I think it's ended up being a thousand square foot addition uh, with a, you know, basically like a foyer uh, with a nice cafe in it um, for a connecting point for the people because we had to launch two services because the growth was just too big for one service to handle um, and the kids, um, adventure kids and upstairs. So, um, which is really exciting that God's going to continue to grow that. We, we felt like uh, definitely the Lord's given us a word that we ain't seen anything yet. Um, so we're just preparing for, for the future uh, that God has, has spoke to us already. And um, yeah, so we, we're just finishing that up launched our two connection times uh so now we have one at 9 30 and one at 11 15 um you know so yeah it's good how is that for you is that a challenge doing two services instead of one oh, no, if anybody doesn't yes. know we're from uh, central pennsylvania if you've never listened before uh the church is in tyrone pennsylvania which is like what 25 30 minutes from state college from penn state university yeah um and yeah you so you started with one service it got too big now you're doing two so you're doing you're probably exhausted 
by the end of that second service. And <laughs> yeah. I imagine the band is exhausted too. Like it's, it's a, to to put all that energy because you guys really you bring it. Yeah, we, and we, you put a lot into it. Well, we feel, and it's so funny, you know, um, because here's here's our thought behind it is we feel like you know um, the God we serve is a living God, mm-hmm. and we know that, and so we feel that we should bring our best. Um, every time that we are, are um, in his in his presence and, and in his house, and we're leading people in, um, so you never know yeah. who you're going to reach. No, you, you never know. Touch that day, so yeah. So we we try to to do our, our very you know best on our end to to seek God and and, and to go after Him with a passion. Um, you know, one of our mottos is is we worship God passionately and we love people unconditionally, and so you know we, that, that's literally how we we try to do both services, uh, which we call connection times. Um, but yeah, I mean, am I tired after? Sure, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the one thing. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, definitely. Well, <laughs> even after one service, I, I would do the same thing: go home and sleep for a couple hours, me and my son. But we lay down, and uh, but now it's so funny because this is the the uh, dilemma, if you will, that I'm in. So when you're speaking, okay, public speaking, and you have a a format to whatever you're doing. And you have this plan, and you know that the outline is A, B, C, D, whatever, and <clears throat> you're you're going through it. Well, how how my brain works is I check things off as I'm speaking on them things, right? My brain's going, okay, I'm done there, I'm done there, I'm done there. Mm-hmm. Well, now the second service comes around, and I'm speaking, and I think I already said it, which I did, but it was in the previous service. Yeah. So so then I'm having to circle back around a little bit. Not that the people know it, you know what I mean? But I know it and it kind of, you know, so I'm trying to work through. Bit. Yeah, I'm trying to work through that a little bit right now. So, yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying. That does get confusing. It's confusing. When you've already done it and you're like, well, I don't know where I am now. And I don't know, like, and then you think about the fact that maybe I already said it. But if I did or if I didn't, I still kind of have to say it now anyways. I'm already in it. <laughs> That's right. I just repeat myself. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, and then you're lost for the next part. And It's true. You need bullet points or something. I'm t- well, have- I actually, we, we did set that up. We, we've we've uh, put in a new, implemented a new system to where we'll have an outline uh, where I can see it uh, from the stage. So hopefully that'll help me out some. I'm um, curious, like, as far as you getting ready for church, and I, I've always wondered this from uh, any priest or pastor or anybody who gets up in front of a a congregation like that how much preparation do you put in and like are you nervous every time are you just excited you know yeah that's a good question um let me see how many hours that go into it i would say anywhere between 15 and 30 hours will go into the prep of of any given Sunday. Wow. 15 to 30 hours. <laughs> yeah, about 15 to 30 hours prepping um, to to first do your study and your due diligence. And um, also prayer, obviously, is, is my one of my biggest, uh, you know, what I rely on for God to tell me, hey, this is where I want you to go um, in this message. I had one person one time ask me, say, well, how do you get a message? I said, well, I pray. What about you? And they said, well, I look on the internet. I'm like, oh, praise God. <laughs> <You know>? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that puts a lot, lot of time on me. I guess I could just Google it. I guess and yeah, see what just Google copy what somebody me. else is doing and roll with it. I guess that is a thing too. I guess some, there are like uh, formats or templates out there, right? That you there can kind of grab from and well, you could go like I mean, they got things like sermoncentral.com or something like that, oh, where okay. you can literally pay and they'll give you a sermon. I mean, you know, but you know, it's a, to me, it isn't for the body that I have. You know, that God has, has put me as a pastor over. So I, I, I try to do my. 
you know, prayer and, and sometimes fasting and, and whatever else to, to make sure that I'm in a, a place to hear clearly what God is is speaking. So yeah, about t- between 15 to 30 hours, never any less than 15 hours. Um, and so, you know, I'll go through it several times and get it into my heart and into my spirit uh, of what God's saying and then get up and speak it. And as far as being nervous, not so much anymore. Um, you know, I'm, I'm six years into to, to speaking quite frequently five years every Sunday mm-hmm. and multiple times sometimes during the week uh, guest speaking. So I don't get nervous anymore. Um, more excited than nervous, I would say. The only reason I say that is because if you're giving a speech on, like I'm doing a seminar on social media coming up next week and I'm, I'm, I was nervous about it. And then I thought, you get up on stage and you talk about something that everybody has their own opinion on. Everybody thinks they know, and they all read their own words to it. Like they read the Bible, they interpret it their way. So they have their own interpretation of how, of what what is being said, and how it's being said, and how it applies to their life. Sure. And you're telling them how you think it applies to their life and your life. Sure. So there's a lot of I just feel like there's a lot of potential chaos. Do you know what I mean? From, it can from be the combustible. person, combustible for sure. Yeah, sure. compared to me giving a speech about social media or somebody giving a speech about whatever it might be, this is one of those subjects like politics and religion. Those two subjects that create animosity, separate people, those sorts of things. That's why I was wondering about the nervousness. Um, but you know what you're doing, and you have faith, and you've you've talked to God about it, so you know. Yeah, this I've, is going to be the right way to go. Yeah, the the one the only time I'm super nervous, and I've ran into this. Uh, you know, several times, obviously, is where I don't, I'm not sure on the direction at times, mm. you know, because I don't get it, you know, 100% right every time, obviously. Um, I wish I did, but, or maybe I should say I do so that everybody thinks I'm... I'm the master. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I think that's good Praise to be vulnerable like that, though, because it's good to, because none of us can be 100% sure, right? I mean, that's why you, I, you're on a path. It's a journey. Yeah, you're I figuring it out as you go. I've never met anybody who gets 100% right. Yeah. Um, if, if if they do, then then God would take them home. Right. You know I mean? They'd be like Enoch or, or Elijah. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, no, I, I think, so the times where I'm, I'm unsure, if I haven't felt like I've heard God clearly in my spirit that, hey, this is where we're headed, Keith, and, and here is the things I want you to do. And, and I sense that through prayer and, and reading... Um, then I'm nervous because I'm like, okay, is this going to offend somebody or is this going to hurt someone? Because my heart always as a pastor, first and foremost, is I love the people. Yeah. Like I, I love, I genuinely love them. Like I, I like the only thing I want for the people is to experience Jesus. That's it. Like that, like I have, I mean, I've experienced him in a real tangible way and, and it comes out in the passion of the way I speak about him and the way I, you know, live my life. And, and so I, I just want people to catch that. And so, you know, I, I never want to offend for offense sake. And I've said that from the, from the pulpit before. I don't preach to offend on purpose. However, if it's God's direction and it mm-hmm. offends you, that's not on me. You're going to take that up between you and the Lord. But if I feel like maybe what if I missed it this time and you get offended at me, Rob, then I'm right. going to feel really, really bad, you know, because I feel super bad. Like I don't want people to. You know, I want people to, to really enjoy it and get something from it and yeah. and like me in the process. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? And so, which I've had, you know, obviously situations that people didn't agree with and, and all that stuff. And, you know, and I try to handle it the, the best way I can. First of all, always stem from love. You know, you need always, you know, come from a foundation of love for people. And and so, and I think that that's boded pretty well for, for us at CWC is always to come from a place of love and understanding and grace 
You know, Jesus says, I require mercy over sacrifice. And so we, we try to be very merciful, even if somebody say they're way off on, on whatever they, they heard or whatever. And, and I, you know, just very merciful and, and gracious. And, and so, yeah. I think like authenticity is huge and you come across as very authentic when you're on stage, when you're doing your thing, it comes across as real. And I think maybe some people can't tell and maybe some people, their meter, their authenticity meters off a little bit, (laughs) Uh, but you can usually get a sense. You can tell when somebody's being authentic and they really believe what they're saying and they really feel what they're saying and the emotion they have behind it and the message they have behind it. So I think that kind of comes across and that's something you can't fake. You can't really fake being authentic, you know, because it, it just kind of eventually there will be some cracks in that lining and you'll you'll see it. Yeah. And uh, at, at least that's something I noticed at CWC that I didn't feel maybe I just didn't pay attention enough in, in other churches or it was just a different period in my life where I wasn't authentic enough with myself. So I didn't see it in other people, hmm. but I just kind of feel it there. And I think that's a. That's a, a key component of anything. And like I was saying, with a biz- if you own a business, like it's something you have to be able to do. You have to be able to be authentically you and really believe in what you're talking about or nobody else is going to believe in it. No, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the things that my wife and I, Julie and I have talked about several times is, is being people who are transparent yeah. uh, from, the, from the platform. You know, um, because I think a lot of times people try to portray pastors, especially because there's a lot of pressure on pastors to be perfect, which mm-hmm. is hilarious to me because I'm like, I'm a human being. Please don't look at me and, right. and think I'm perfect because I'm far from it. But um, we always want to find that perfect person that we can follow. Yeah, that you can look at and follow. And I always say this. I say, listen, follow Jesus and I'm going to point you to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't, don't, don't necessarily follow everything I do. Um, you know, now I, I try to obviously be a complete man of God all the time and, and, and work, um, at that very, you know, uh, diligently. Um, however, there are times I miss it that I get in arguments with my wife that I, you know, yell at my kids that I get short with people and, um, uh, that I'm not very nice when I'm driving and you pull out in front of me. So, there's there's multiple things that are shortcomings that I have to say, God, help me in those areas. And my wife and I, we talked about this early on in ministry, that we're not going to be a church that, that acts one way on the stage and completely different outside. You're going to mm-hmm. know who I am because I'm just a transparent guy. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I love Jesus with all my heart, but I'm also a man who trips and says things that he shouldn't, uh, thinks things that he shouldn't, and God is working those things out as I go and, and, and follow, follow Jesus. You know, if so. I found somebody who was who didn't mess up, I would, I would be like, that's weird. Because what, yeah. what, what I mean by that is like, it, it's comforting mm-hmm. to find somebody who's like really deep into what they do. They love what they do, but they still make mistakes and they can openly admit it. And then that, that, that just creates a bond that creates that camaraderie and a, a trust in that person to where you're not, you never see them. You see them and you know, well, they go through things too. Yeah. They're not. And I think of this when it comes to the president. People want the president to be like this figure that's above all else and who does no wrong and who has it's like not real. they go through their backstory and there's no blemishes or they didn't mess up anything throughout life. And it's just unrealistic. That's an unrealistic person that doesn't exist. It's true. So it's a instead of looking at it as like a, a, a bad thing, look at it as like that's a really good thing that they've as long as you're correcting yourself, right? If you if you mess up a lot and then and then just, just stay in it, I, yeah, yeah, that's that would be different. A different situation, but I, I think yeah. it's a very important part of of what you do, at least from my perspective. And so this was what like a month or two ago, you had the the Tyrone Carnival, yes, 
and uh, you ha- you brought a guy in. What was what's his full name? It was actually on the so it was this month. It was oh, it started this month. Three weeks ago, September third or whatever. It feels like it was a while. I feel it like it was like longer than that. <laughs> it does. It feels like forever. His name is Michael Dow. He's unbelievable. Yeah, he's terrific. So Michael Dow gives this just amazing sermon. His speech was just uh, very powerful. Look yeah. him up online. How do you spell his last yeah, name? D-O-W. Um, and his ministry, so it's Michael Dow, D-O-W. And then his ministry is The Burning Ones. But you can, on Facebook, look up Michael Dow. Okay. The Burning Ones. Okay. The Burning Ones, yeah. He's from Jacksonville, or no, Orlando, Florida. Orlando. And he, like at the end of at the end of church on the day he was there, like he had us all come forward and he blessed all of us. And it was the best experience I've had in a long time. I, I, I had such an great. amazing feeling afterwards. Yeah. And I was crying. My wife was crying. And it was like this, this happy, just release of energy. It just yeah. felt really good. Like you just got a lot out. And um, the guy who was with him, what's, what was his name? Steven Brickhouse. Brick, and he is a brick house. He is. He's, He's a giant man. He's, He's a big dude. And he was awesome. And as we had, yeah, I had my eyes closed up at the altar and he put his hand on my chest and he was praying for me. And I just had like this, wave of uh emotion and of like release and of relief as he was doing that it was an an incredible feeling and afterwards you came up and talked to my wife and i and you were like giddy yeah you were like really happy (laughs) and you were just talking about how you've like you know you you got you get like this overwhelming sense this overwhelming feeling and it's just a all-encompassing kind of joy and love and that's exactly what i had felt and that's what you were expressing to us you're like did you feel it yeah did you did you get it yeah and we were like yeah we got it we (laughs) we got touched yeah and i thought that was so crazy because you know i'm 34 and like we said in the last podcast i i didn't go to church for a long time and i didn't really follow the bible or uh you know spirituality or or christianity or anything for a long time and i always was kind of like yeah i mean it, it looks like they're having a great time yeah. It looks like things are working out for them. Sure. But I don't know. I don't know if it's for me. Either. And then when I got into it, I'm like, this, that moment, and when you came up and said that to us, I was like, wow. Like, that's that's that thing that I see people experiencing, and I'm kind of like, from an outsider looking at it, like, yeah, it seems like they're really doing that thing, but I don't know if they really are. Right. And that was one of those moments, like, it was like a, a switch yeah, flicking you, on. Yeah, you couldn't put a tangible feeling on it yourself. You know what I mean? Like, so to see someone experiencing something, unless you've experienced that same thing, you can't really tangibly put your finger on it and say, hey, this is how they're feeling, because I felt that way. Yeah. But now there is a reference point of, of, hey, look, this thing is real. You know, and that's what I love about Jesus is, you know, he's not some far off God that we worship in the clouds. You know what I mean? Like, he is a personal savior, a mm-hmm. personal friend. And, and you know, he walk, walks closer to us than a brother, Scripture says. And so we literally can experience his his kindness, his love, his joy, his mercy. And all these feelings rush over you. I mean, it's kind of crazy because you could be crying and laughing at the exact same time. Such a wild thing to me, um, how, how the Spirit of God does that to us. And yeah. so it was such a great, great, great weekend. Oh, oh my gosh. It, it was it was so much fun. Well, at, the, just... at the carnival, over 100 people gave their lives to Jesus. It was 128 people. Really? Yeah. Gave their life to the Lord that day. And that speech that he gave outside, he's just yelling into the microphone <laughs> like he's like a, like a thunderous voice. And I was yeah. like, this, this guy's this is out of control. <laughs> people are probably like, what is going on? Like, this guy's... Uh, I, I thought of it one or two ways because I, I talked to a girl afterwards and she... I, I can't think of who it was. Um, but she, I don't think she 
went to the church, she heard it. And she was like, yeah, he was yelling about, um, he was, what did she say? Something about his past. And he said something. And she was like, I just can't believe he was yelling that in public. Man, I can't remember what she said, but it was one of those moments where I was like, unless you were there and you saw him yelling and you heard him saying it and you saw the emotion in what he was saying, you might it might have sounded like a crazy guy yelling. Sure. And if, then whenever whenever I was in it, I was like, this this guy's moving me. Yeah, no. I You know, some... And too, a lot of times when that when that happens is people are, are shut off because they don't want to hear. They don't want to be touched by God. Their heart's hardened. Yeah. And I've been that way in my life before Christ. Like I, So I don't look down upon them or judge them. I mean, I, I was there. Like mm-hmm. where I was completely hard of heart. And people could be preaching an awesome message. And here I am like, yeah, whatever. Shouldn't be saying that out loud. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and just because I wanted to to put a, 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 you know, a wall up so it couldn't penetrate me. Right. Because once the Word of God penetrates us it changes us and if you don't want to be changed then you need to keep a wall up so that it doesn't penetrate you because the moment it does it's going to change you and transform the way you think how you feel the things that you you once were comfortable doing you'll no longer be comfortable doing mm-hmm. and and change is tough time at times and so typically when i hear people say stuff like that i'm like i, I understand you know and and i try to be super cool and, and real loving but also try to navigate them through it so hopefully we can break down some of them walls so that they, they can they can find jesus and I've you talking about a wall being up. I've people have told me that in my life that I have a wall up, and my wife, including one of those people, <laughs> there's like a wall there that you won't kind of let people get past. And uh, it's something that I was always I always denied. And I guess that's what you're saying right there. It's like a wall that you pretend is not there because you're you don't want to let things get through for whatever reason. There's something in my past or security whatever. too. Yeah, it's a security thing. Mm-hmm. So when you finally do, and I feel like I'm recognizing the wall and I'm starting to let things get through and I'm trying to like visualize how it could actually be. Uh, but when you can let that down, when was that moment for you? Like when you let that wall down and you were like, okay, I'll let this start happening. Let me, let me, let me experience it. How did it happen for you? And how did you recognize it? Well, last time we talked about this a little bit, uh, about my testimony. Um, you know, I grew up in a home, uh, that was very dysfunctional. Uh, you know, my, my mom was a Christian and went to church, but my dad was a drug addict. And so I raised, I was raised in a very uh, divided home. And so um, anyway, got hooked on drugs, all that stuff, and mm-hmm. um, got hooked on heroin. And, uh, man, it was wild. You know, I'd been to church several times, and, and like I said, I was hard, and I would shut it off and all that stuff. And um, But one night, man— it's just kind of wild. I was sitting on a toilet, actually, um, you know, and I wasn't using the toilet, but I was sitting on it, and, and I was getting ready to get high, actually, and and I was sitting there with the with, with the dope and <clears throat> with the needle and all that, getting ready to shoot up, and and I was sitting there, and I was broken, man. You know what I mean? I was broken, and I had nothing and no one, you know, nobody could even let me around them uh, because I'd steal everything you had, and so. You know, I had abscess all over my arms and 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 all that stuff, and and I was sitting there, and I can remember uh, crying, you know, because I was just broken, man. I had nothing, and so I knew I was in rough shape. I at least knew that much, and, and I remember just saying this, simply this: Jesus, if you're re- if you're real, you gotta help me. Like, you gotta do something. You know, I, I've heard of you, and you know, everybody says you're real, and my mom says you're real, and my grandma, da 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 da. But if you're real, you're gonna have to show up for me. And, you know, I ended up getting high, okay? I ended up getting high. Mm-hmm. 
went to bed that night because I used to have to wake up in the in the middle of the night, like around three in the morning. I'd wake up to go shoot up again just to go back to sleep because I get sick that quick, like That's physically crazy. sick, puking yeah. and and all that stuff, vomiting. And so when I would usually get up to go do that that night, the Lord showed up in a vision to me, and and God literally said to me, "Enough is enough. Enough's enough." And and I remember it was weird because I was like in this weird trance, dreamlike state. And I got up and took all the heroin and flushed it down the toilet. Right? I just just caught like that consciously, down. or just sort of not. Yeah, it's it's very very strange. I don't know how to really completely explain it except for the fact that when I got back to my room, I snapped out of it, and I said, "What am I going to do now?" <laughs> like I just flushed all my dope down the toilet. I'm gonna be super sick. Yeah. And so I was like, "Lord, I'm gonna need your help." Because wow. I knew it was God that spoke to me. It wasn't that I seen anyone or, or I didn't see nothing. I, I just heard it like an audible voice, as real as you are with me now. Wow, enough that's crazy. is enough. Satan is finished. And man, I went flush all the dope. Then ended up the next morning getting up and going to a uh, Christian recovery home. Wow. And that's when I just you know I just surrendered to God. And, and so your wall kind of just collapsed. It just collapsed. But what's kind of crazy is 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 over the years. I've, there's layers, almost like an right. onion. You know, they say yeah. onion, people. Onions. There's layers yeah. to this thing. There's layers to it, man. And, and God just keeps continuing to break them down. Even now, you know, um, where I have walls of trust with people because of the background I had. Right. Now I'm not near what I used to be, but God's got another place for me to go. And so he's starting to tear down those walls of trust issues with, with just individuals. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it's kind of, it's kind of wild, you know? Um, but I think that's a continuous thing, man, mm -hmm. that God just continues to break our walls down. But it just, yeah. Once one's knocked down, there's going to be another one there that you can break through. I guess it's kind and of it's the journey easier. of life. And it's easier the next time. Right. Because you trust God. Right. You're like, oh, wait, I can trust him. He did this. You know what I mean? Because you, cause you actually have history with him. See, when you start creating history with God, it ends up becoming his story and not just history. It's his story now. Now you can literally be like, well, this is God's story. God delivered me from heroin addiction. Now we're here. Right. And we're building a church and the thing's growing. And God's saying, buy this property over there. Well, God, that doesn't make much sense. But I trust you because you did this, this, and this. Yeah. You've cre we've created history together now. And now it's your story. It's his story anymore. It's not mine anymore. It's his. And so you kind of like that play on words, history, history. Yeah. So, That's a Michael Jackson album, I think. His, is it? History and his story. It was oh, like, <laughs> come on. I remember it was one of the first CDs I ever got. Uh, really? Yeah, I don't know why that just clicked with me, but yeah, that's funny. That is funny. I didn't know that. I really didn't, actually. <laughs> so there was some stuff I wrote down that I, I wanted to ask you about. Okay. Uh, when they talk about the kingdom of God is already among you. Mm-hmm. I find that one very interesting. It's interesting to me because you think like it's something you have to attain or something you have to work towards, but they say that it's already there. Like you already live in it. It's already in you. It's already in all of us. What does that mean? Like practically when you talk about living on earth and dealing with day-to-day -day situations, how yeah, do you practically, interpret that? Yeah, it's difficult to practically. It's hard to bring the supernatural into the natural. Mm -hmm. It's really difficult to do. Um or vice versa, take the natural into the supernatural. It's easy for the supernatural to invade the natural. It's okay. really difficult to take the natural into the supernatural. Does that make sense yeah. at all? Makes sense so, to me, yeah. Okay, so in other words, when they're talking about the kingdom of God is among you and in you, it's talking about Jesus. He's the kingdom of God. He was mm -hmm. heaven 
that came to earth, right? Mm-hmm. And and so now that the kingdom of God is among us, that the king's among us, that he lives in us, that he breathes, he dwells, it's how we live, we move, and we have our being, is, is the spirit of God that lives in us, Jesus, his spirit. And so how does that look practically? Well, practically that looks like this, us reaching people for the gospel, us showing people Christ, showing them love, showing them kindness no matter what, mm-hmm. um, just the way God's done for us. Um, you know, a, a lot of times it's funny. I've met people that say I'm way too gracious with people. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what right do I have not to be gracious? Mm-hmm. Look how bad off I was. And look what Jesus did for me. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't I show this person love and kindness? Not that, I, not that I'm not firm on things and, and all that. That's, that's not what I'm talking I'm not talking about being wishy-washy on who you believe in. I'm just talking about being loving no matter what they, no matter what they believe in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, but when that that's what they're talking about with the kingdom of God and what it looks like on a practical level is you serving Jesus every day. You know, whether that's in, in your prayer time with him, in your word with him, um, meditating on him day and night. Scripture says meditate on my word day and night mm-hmm. so that it may go well with you. Um, you know, so that's what it looks like in a practical sense. Like you talked about earlier, Rob, you said, you know, just trying to treat people better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just treating my wife better, yeah. treating my kids better. Th- those are practical things that I can do to show the love of Christ to the m- people that I love the most. Yeah, um, which is sometimes what's kind of crazy is they're the hardest ones to show love to. One hundred percent true, right? And especially yourself. Like I oh, find I'm, I'm the hardest person to oh. show love to. Yeah. So it's weird how the further I go out, the easier, easier. it is, and the closer I get in, the harder it is. It's, it's true. a wild. That's wild. It's really wild. I, I'm not, I'm, I haven't got a revelation on it. I've actually been praying about that for real. Like, God, show me why, why is that, that I can be so kind and, and gracious and loving towards people way out here, but then when it comes to my wife and my kids, I'm tougher on it. And then when it comes to myself, I can't, I can't stand myself. Like, you know what the I mean? way, like, well, the way I've always figured that was like I have to deal with me every day. I don't need to deal with those people way out there all the time. That's true. So I'm always dealing with me and like my wife, my son, Max and Nini. I deal with them on – they're like right past me. I deal with me all the time first. They're next in line. True. My family's next in line. Friends, and the further it goes out, I see somebody once every two months. I'll be so Easy. nice to them. It's true. I can fake it if I'm in a bad mood. But if I see my wife, I can't fake it. Can't fake. And it. if I me, I'm just rotten. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, I don't want to say it's I so hate true. that. I just I recognize that. And I really try to work on that uh, because they always say you can't fix anybody until you fix yourself. So if I can fix like just whenever I screw something up and I call myself an idiot inside of my own head, like oh, whatever, it's not that big of a deal. Like you're yeah. going to get past it. You're going to move on. It's a moment that you messed up and you have a chance to right the wrong. And you have a chance every second of every day to treat yourself better. Yeah. And that will just pour out to everybody else. Yeah. Really that's, well. Cause I wake up in like, if I wake up in pain, I have like shoulder and back pain. I'll wake up in a bad mood. Yeah. And that's and I noticed that just goes. That yeah. just goes right to my family. It goes to whatever I do that day, the things I interact with, the people that I interact with, it carries on. It snowballs. You know, it's funny. One of the things I realized is is that when I allow myself to get angry, because we allow ourselves. Yeah. Because you can fight that. That's a feeling that you can fight. Yeah. And you can choose to be angry with things, and you can choose not to be. And when I choose to allow myself to get angry 
about something, it's a lot easier the next time to get more angry. Mm -hmm. But if I fight it the first time, then the next time it's easier not to get angry over it, uh, which is very interesting. But yeah, man, I, I think that's the practical level of being the kingdom of God, that it's among us, that it's here, it's living and active on the inside of, of each and every believer who who is called on the name of Jesus. Each one of us have that. And then it's our job on a practical level to show that to, to people um, because we're supposed to be attractive, um, attracting people to Christ. Mm -hmm. And if, what, what you know, why would you want to be around people who are always angry and serve a God who, who you know, their, their people are always angry? So it wouldn't make no sense to do that. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that that's a high call for us Christians too, though. It's a, you know, and the enemy uses it against us a lot as well. Um, you know, so we got to be mindful of that. But that would be practical, you know, that, that talking about Jesus living in us, his spirit living in us, and us, you know, living that way, walking that out in this life. Um, so we talked about this before the podcast started, and we, we touched on it, but I'd like to just kind of get into it here a little bit, because talking about that and the, the kingdom of God, like uh, being amongst all of us, I was reading uh ted decker the forgotten way uh meditations which is an awesome book that i've kind of like read with the bible i've kind of combined the two together and whenever he's talking about we're spiritual beings living in a uh earthly flesh life do you what is your stance on that because it's like we often think that we are humans in the flesh and we have a spiritual side but the way he describes it is we are spiritual you know from the father yeah. from Jesus seated, you know, with him, and then we're just here temporarily because we're eventually going to die. And that's just kind of like the one guarantee yeah. that our body's going to decay. That's that's If there's one guarantee, that's it. That's it. So how do you handle that? You know, how do you uh, balance that being... Do you try to live in that spiritual state, or how do you well, interpret so, it? Yeah, so, so the Bible... Okay, so Scripture... Because this is what I find to be true about Jesus, is he he wants to balance everything in and unto himself. Let me give you a for instance. So <clears throat> scripture says this, that don't be so earthly minded, you're no heavenly good. So in other words, constantly living in this earth for this earth, for the things of this world, always tracking down riches, relationships, all these things, right? Mm -hmm. In an ungodly way, Okay. But then scripture says this, it says, don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Constantly living in a state of I'm in heaven, right. da, 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 but you're no earthly good to people. You know what I mean? Because right. we're called here for a reason right now. Paul says this, to, to go to be with Christ is, is far better. But for me to remain here on earth means fruit from my labor, fruit from my life, showing the kingdom of God while I'm here on this earth. So, you know, um, as far as trying to bring balance to, to, to what um, Ted Decker says, um, I, I definitely agree with him as far as we are spiritual beings in the sense that, you know, God, we are created in his image and in his likeness uh, and God is spirit. So um, definitely, in, in, but we have a job while we're here. 
Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, to be led by the spirit so that we're not led by the flesh um, is something that that's a daily battle for every single one of us on this earth. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that are following Christ. It's on this faith walk, this faith journey of some days probably getting it pretty good. Other days, not so good. And most days, eh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right, so, yeah. You know what I mean? But, but we serve a God who's, who's faithful and, and that's gracious. And, and so, you know, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're in the world, but we're not of it, meaning we're not supposed to want to attain what the world has, but the way the world attains it, which is kind of interesting. Doesn't mean that we can't have the things, though. So Scripture says this, that you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. So when you live according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh, God rewards us w- with, with, with nice things, with things. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. So if, if one of the things you desire to have is, is, is you know, children, whatever it is, okay? Um, someone desires kids and a wife because they're not married and don't have kids. Mm-hmm. Well, you seek ye first the kingdom of God instead of running after all the different women you can find. If you're right. a man or if you're a woman, run after all the men. Instead, seek Jesus. Let Jesus bring that man or that woman into your life because he will if you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added. So, yeah, um, we're definitely spirit. I mean, we're spirit beings, and that's where we're going to spend eternity is is with, with, with the Father if we've given our lives to the Son. So, um, you know, we definitely want to, because also Jesus says this too in Scripture. He says, why store up treasures for yourself on this earth where rusts and moths can destroy, but yeah. rather store up treasures in heaven, yes. which comes from, though, walking in the kingdom of God while you're here on this earth ministering to people, helping people, loving people, mm-hmm. uh, loving your neighbor as yourself, um, you know, and loving God with, first of all, loving God with your whole heart, with your whole mind, with your whole soul, with everything that's in you, and then love your neighbor as yourself. These are the, the two commandments Jesus says that all the other rest in are these two. They're the foundations right. of it. So, you know, and that's, that's where we can not be so heavenly minded. We're no earthly good, have heaven living in us. But yet while we're on this earth, man, go and reach the one that's far from God. Go and go and love on the one that needs loved on. Provide for a need of someone that you know needs it. Right. Um, you know. So when you say that, the, that does, and I, I okay. think the one statement, you know, love your neighbor as, as yourself. That one always confused me. Like, how do I practically do that? And how do I? Is my neighbor like directly next door to me? Who does that mean? But then um, I heard somebody say it. That the way it clicked to me was like, try to picture you. Try to picture everybody else as you living another life. Like you could be anybody that you run into. You could be that person. You could have had their childhood. You could have been born in their body. And it could be, that could easily be you and they could easily be you. And they could easily be you and you could easily be them. And whenever I try to do that, like if I get angry at somebody or I get irritated, like you said about like yelling at somebody in your car or whatever, it's like it's so easy to do because it's like a snap judgment and it's just there. Like your mind just kind of goes there immediately. But if you can for a second back off, and be like, you know what? If somebody's rude to you, that could be me having a bad day. Yeah, that could be me. And that's how I kind of take that statement. That's good. Of love your neighbor as, as yourself. That's the way. If if I try to make it real for me to like actively do it on a day to day basis. Yeah, I mean the scripture. It. The way. Yeah, that's really good actually. And and two, the way the scripture basically in the in the Hebrew or in the Greek, the way it breaks down is basically anyone that you encounter mm-hmm. would be your neighbor. 
anybody mm. that you encounter throughout a day is basically the way the Greek would, would break it down. Um, it just translates better in our language as, as an actual neighbor, which we relate to living beside us. But mm-hmm. that, that same way that you're saying is perfect. Do you have, how much time do you have? I've got, we talked a lot before. <laughs> so I've got, I've got about 10 minutes. All right. I just, most. I just want like, let's all open our Bibles if we could, please. Yes. <laughs> Um, There's one thing in here I wanted to read because I I just wanted to – because it was touching on what you had just touched on. Um, So the the idea that – where was it? Because it's in uh, Luke. Uh, What was the statement? Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. I thought that was really good because just using what you have to offer – to help other people instead of for your own personal gain and to keep that as a as a mindset of like I always try to think when I'm like I need to make more money I need to do this and that but I need to do it for other people to gain from it do you think that's a good way of looking at that sort of situation I mean obviously you need to support your family and make sure you're not going to be broke but you also want to not be selfish with it and bring other people along with you exactly yeah, that's exactly what you, you just answered it. Because Scripture also says this, Rob. It says that if you don't take care of your own family, you're worse than a pagan, mm. worse than a godless person. Infidel is what they actually call it. Um, but, yeah, so so it's obviously your first ministry is to take care of your wife and your and your son. Right. And when they're taken care of, all their needs are met. I'm not saying once needs are met that they're, you know, they don't need anything at yeah. all, um, you know, which, which is kind of tricky for us to decide because I want my kids to have everything they want. Yeah. Doesn't mean they need it all. Right. <laughs> but I want them to have everything. And so, but at the same time, where does it come to the place where we're not helping anybody else and we're just, you know, building our own kingdoms instead of the kingdom of God? And yeah, we're supposed to, to help people. That's the, that's the goal. That's, that's the goal. That's the key. Yeah. And the other thing was, I can recall being like sixth grade, okay, and watching a end of the world is coming documentary nice it was a, it was a Notre, nostradamus okay. documentary and i was scared, scared out of my to, mind scared to death i remember being a kid and this this affected me to this day that i've been obsessed with like the end of the world uh, and a lot of people are it's kind of a common thing <laughs> um but what i got out of it when i was reading this last night was was we already talked about it a little bit beforehand but i just wanted to have it on here so other people could hear it um that when the son of man returns because always people always talk about like jesus coming back to earth and the day of reckoning or or whatever you want to consider it the as. apocalypse yeah and like we're gonna see it coming yeah. and like you're gonna have there's gonna be signs um but they talk about like when the son of man returns it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days, people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up until the time that Noah entered the boat and the flood hit. And they say uh, business as usual right up until the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So you're never going to see it coming. So stressing about these sorts of things is almost completely useless. Just live a good life. No, it is completely useless because you can't do anything about We can't do anything about it. I mean, it's going to come whether we, you know, Whatever. I mean, and also another another text that Jesus uses about the time when he comes back, he says, it's like a thief that comes in a night. That comes in the night. You, you're never going to know because they're going to come in when you least expect it. So the Son of Man is going to return when we least expect it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we just got to remain ready. And, and how we do that is is not in fear or anxiety, but rather just knowing that we serve a God who loves us and that we love him because he first loved us. And, you know, and we walk in relationship with him. And, and it's that simple. 
Right. I mean, it's not hard. This thing isn't hard. Like I, I, we, <laughs> we make, make it hard. We do. We complicate it. And I'm like, man, the simple gospel is what needs to be brought back into the church. Like right. the simple gospel that, that Jesus literally gave his life for you so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. And all you have to do is receive that and then start walking with him and watch how he leads you and guides you and loves on you. And you experience him like you did, mm-hmm. you and Nini did. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden, man, then things just start kind of clicking. Mm-hmm. And then there's a hunger that generates from that. But you don't have to think about all that stuff at once. Mm-hmm. Just just be simple and, and It's the momentum. It. Yeah, the momentum will carry you. Yeah, It'll carry you. It's hard, to, it's hard to get that momentum rolling. That's in anything. Sure. It's hard to get momentum rolling and get it to switch from one way to the other. But once you get that ball rolling, it kind of just builds steam as it goes along. But I just I love that statement so much because I've been one of those, you know, uh, I love conspiracy theories. I love doomsday like movies and stuff. Yeah. It's just something and I've you always need the been. left behind series. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> you ever seen it? Need. Yeah. Yeah. You ever seen <laughs> no. What's, what's that? What's left? Oh, behind? you got to go get it then. It's like a uh, Christian end times. Like it's it's wild, man. I seen it when I was a kid. Had me balling. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know I mean, like I was scared every day. I came right. home thinking my mom, my mom was gonna be raptured. Leave me alone. I'm five years old. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They're like showing me this in Bible school. I'm like, that's terrible. Yeah, no, like, Nostradamus like scared me for life. Like just the stories, like, and that's just. I mean, some people follow that and like fully believe in it. At this point, I I don't know. But it doesn't. But it doesn't matter. The beautiful thing is, matter. it doesn't matter. No. When it's gonna happen, you'll never see it coming. So why? So why worry out. about it and just live for Jesus? That's it. There it is. It's not hard. Boom. It's really not. Wait, do you want to throw anything else in towards at the end here? How, like a little advertisement for yourself or? Well, I mean, you I, say? I, yeah, I mean, hey, listen, if you guys um, are looking for a, a church or anything like that, or maybe you're not even looking for a church, still come and check it out in, in that community worship center, 1300 Bald Eagle Avenue. Um, looking for a place to watch your kids while you... Go yeah. to church. There you go. Yeah. Place that you can get like an hour. And typically our, our uh, connection times are about an hour and 20 minutes. So you can go take your, your kids down to Adventure Kids and come up, enjoy a latte. You know, first time guests get yeah. them free. Wow. Get a free latte or espresso, whatever. And, and anything else, you get one free drink and a, and a free, you know, bakery good whatever nice. and uh pastry and so yeah come and check it out see see what you like man we have great worship uh our worship team's unbelievable and um you know so yeah. i think one of the best parts is like when we leave with max and he's been down with all the kids he'll come home singing the songs that they were singing that's, that's cool. one of my favorite parts is like hearing him sing about jesus i'm like i'm doing the right thing that's and right. that not even just for myself i mean that feels good but knowing that i'm steering him in a good direction makes me really, really happy because I didn't have that in my life for a long time, you know, and it makes me feel like I'm, yeah, I'm doing the right thing, not just for me, but carrying it on the tradition. Yeah, you're passing down a legacy. You know, it's going to last forever. I mean, forever. Like it's, it's, it's going to change. It's going to have a ripple effect through the rest of your family tree, and which is awesome. Yeah. You know, like because if I think about my family history, I mean, I come from a long list of drug addicts and. And, and alcoholics and, mm-hmm. and all that, man. And, and now I'm passing on to my children godly legacy yeah. that's free from all that garbage. I'm you talking. Broke the chains. Broke it. Jesus broke them, man. And then boom. And dude, we got a, I got a great life, great wife. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and all because of just simply receiving what Jesus has already done. And so look, man, if anybody, you know, uh, is, is looking for something uh, different, you know, come out and check it out. See, see if uh, you enjoy it. And, uh, you know, there's We'd no better feeling you. than breaking that chain and, and sending it in a new direction. That's oh, that's awesome. an amazing thing. It just it's a and only Jesus can do it. 
Only Jesus can do it. You can get all the self-help books you want. Believe me, I tried them. I tried every <laughs> self-help book, every secular program, everything you can think of. We spent thousands of dollars trying to get the help. And, and I ended up, how I got it was Jesus showed up, took it from me. Then I went to a free program and been sober ever since. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. So it's it's Jesus. But he so, knew you were searching for something. So yeah. like he came because you were, you were searching. Yeah. So, and the website, communityworshipcenter.com. Yeah, it's actually cwctyrone.org. I apologize. That's okay. CWC, like Community Worship Center, cwctyrone.org. And that's our, our website. Or you go on Facebook, Community Worship Center um, on Facebook, um, Ooh, yeah. Tyrone. So, cool. Yeah. Master love to Keith. have you guys. Hey, Rob, thank you so much for having me, buddy. As always, it's always a good time. Yeah. Love having you in here. I appreciate you. See you, man. See you. Hey, now. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. And if you want to be a part of my life, we can meet each other on a regular basis. Yeah. Like, I'll technically work for you and do work for you, for your business. What am I talking about? My my social media marketing company, Happy Valley Social Media. Uh, For small businesses, medium-sized businesses, for personal brands, social media can be complicated. And the more they keep piling on with social media, the more you realize that to make it happen, do it right, and actually... Uh, bring in clients and make money off of your social media. You need somebody to run it for you. And you need somebody who knows what they're doing. That's why I'm talking in this radio announcer voice right now. Because I'm that guy for you. Happy Valley Social Media. Uh, All you've got to do is send me a message. So find me on any of my platforms. Facebook and Instagram, Rob Z Radio. Twitter and Snapchat, Rob Z Yo. Send me a message. And we can link up, we can talk, find out what your business is all about, or if you're a personal brand, and we can probably work together. You know, I'm only working with five to six clients at a time, trying to keep the quality high and the quantity low, my friends. And you can check out my social media for my own proof, as far as like what I do with social media and, and why I would be a good fit for your social media. I like to focus on you, focus on your staff, focus on your business, the personality of the business, bring that personality out online and do things that other social media companies are not doing and won't do for you. That's a sell. Uh, consulting or marketing, whatever you're interested in. Or if you just want to talk about it, Facebook, Instagram, Rob Z Radio, Twitter and Snapchat is Rob Z Yo. And uh, that's just something that I'm doing as my my main business. But, you know, it's a passion of mine. And this is also a passion of mine, this podcast. So if you're interested in being a sponsor on this podcast, that's something that I'm right now just jumping into getting sponsors on here uh, so I can help advertise business whether it's locally in central Pennsylvania, because we are live from the Launchbox Studios in downtown Altoona. What up? That's Altoona, Pennsylvania. But I work all over the world. Really doesn't I can't be constrained by boundaries. So <laughs> if you want to be a sponsor on the podcast or you think you have something awesome to talk about for the podcast, and it doesn't need to be like Pastor Keith, it doesn't need to be something faith-based. I like to have fun. I like to goof off. I like to talk about ridiculous things, also important things. And uh, you'd be surprised as, well, maybe not. By listening to this podcast, you can kind of get a sense that my brain kind of jumps all over the place. I'm a, I'm a curious person and I have a lot of interest. So if you have something that you think would be awesome content for the podcast and you need an outlet, maybe you want to start your own podcast, maybe you just want to get the word out, please send me a message and I guarantee you we can make something happen either in person or over Skype or Google Hangouts. As always, call the voicemail 814-799-0064 and uh, Facebook, Instagram, Rob Z Radio, 
Twitter and Snapchat is Rob Zio. As always, thank you so much for listening, and have a beautiful rest of your day. This outro is going to self-destruct in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. <laughs> That's brutal.